Very good. Before we get started this morning, I'd really like to go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll just kick this off with prayer, because all I got to share with you today is just a few scriptures and a few stories, okay? <laughs> Ain't got nothing to do with cut off jeans or nothing, just some, just some stories. We're going we're to throw some country at you today. Uh, imagine that. We're country. We get a lot of people to come here because we're country. And then Matt, he's rock and roll, so he, he helps us out, gets, gets the rest of you young guys here. We better pray. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun, I promise you. Praise God. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Father, for your blessings upon all of us that are here today. On everyone that says yes, Father, we're your kids, and you desire only the best for us. The songs were over the top. Father, we just say amen to everything that's already been sung and said here today. We pray, Father, that we would receive revelation from you about your goodness and about your peace, that you are our peace, that you're our source of peace. In the world, there's trouble, but in you, there's peace. I pray we look to you, not to the world. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse number 13. Ephesians 2, 13. First service, we talked about some moonshine whiskey. And I'm planning on getting there in just a little while. So y'all buckle your seatbelts. Some of y'all don't even know what moonshine is. Look like what? What are you talking about? Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now listen, verse 14. For he, talking about Jesus Christ, he is our peace who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall a partition between us. What it's talking about, he has made us both one, is the Jew and the Gentile together. He made us one. There's no more division there, and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ we've been made one. And we're in him. We're in Christ, and he is our peace. Say that. Jesus is my peace. Say it again. Jesus is my peace. He, Jesus, is the source of our peace. Sometimes we run out of peace. Does that mean Jesus left us? No. He is our source. He is sufficient. He is at peace 24-7. We need to look to him to continually look to him because in the world, he said, you'll have troubles, but in me... You'll have peace. Well, unfortunately, we're in the world walking, but we're in him. So in the troubles that we walk in, we can still have the peace of God in our hearts. Isn't that good news that even in the troubles, the struggles, the problems that are in this world that each and, one of, each and every one of us face today, while we're in those troubles and in those struggles, we still have him in us, the prince of peace, that we can walk in peace in all of our troubles. 
Amen. This is good news. I'm telling you, I'm not saying there's not any troubles. Man, if you look around, there's troubles. If, if you turn on the news, they're going to tell you about all the trouble. And they're going to tell you it ain't going to get no better. But I'm here to tell you it's going to get better. Because Jesus is our peace and we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And God's calling us to go into the world and bring Jesus to a lost and dying world. You weren't always saved. Huh? That's why I'll get on that moonshine here in just a little bit. <laughs> that was before my salvation. Now, Jesus was available before the moonshine was, but I just happened to get a hold of the moonshine before I got a hold of Jesus or before he got a hold of me. And, and I, I ain't ready to go there yet, so let me talk a little bit more. Jesus is our peace. Now, you remember a few weeks ago, we read about Jesus in the boat. He told his disciples, we're going to the other side, and he went to sleep. Jesus was asleep in the boat, storm came up, winds blowing, waves crashing in, and the disciples were fearful, and I don't remember which one woke him up. Somebody correct me, it probably was Peter. He was always first one to tell you what you need to do. You know, like your relatives. You know, you know which one I'm talking about. Don't look, don't look around. It's like Jesus, he had to wake him up. Jesus, don't you care that we perish? Can't you see we're in a storm? Jesus walks up, looks at the storm and says, peace be still. It said the wind ceased and the waves calmed. And the disciples in the boat with him go like, what kind of cat is this? What kind of dude is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus was in the boat with them and the storm was all around them, and the trouble was in their heart, but the trouble wasn't in Jesus' heart. Jesus just kicked back and went to sleep. Why could Jesus sleep in the storm? Because Jesus said, we're going to the other side. When Jesus says something, it's gonna come to pass. If we'll set ourselves in agreement with what Jesus said, whatever Jesus said, we'll have. But it's when we don't believe what Jesus said, we can still be in the storm and have torment going on. And we can let Jesus sleep and we'll get to the other side and all the way over there we'll be tormented. Let that sink in. They were fearful. Jesus even looked at them and said, oh, you have little faith. Why, why were you fearful? Why did you become fearful didn't you hear me? I said, we're going to the other side. In the world, you'll have trouble, but in me, you'll have peace. Where are we at? We in him. Where's he at? He's in us. I'm gonna get up on the stage because of my microphone's messing with me. I'll get up here a little bit. I don't need no podium. I preached from up here first service. That microphone been messing with us a little bit. It's just the devil. All these kids up here singing this morning, they sounded real good. 
and then I get on the microphone and it don't sound good. I'm going to start using y'all's microphones. Reckon that'll help? I think it's a problem in here, don't y'all? Are y'all with me today? What I'm trying to say, it ain't the microphone's problem. It wasn't the microphone that's causing us the problem. See? <laughs> it's just me. Now, they're in this boat. Jesus has peace. They have fear. They make it to the other side. They're all like, man, man how did he do all that? Now, I'm talking about our source of peace, and I'm talking about having peace in the middle of the storm. Peter was in prison waiting to be executed. James was killed by Herod, had him killed with a sword, and he saw that it pleased the Jews, so he went ahead and said, hey, get Peter, bring him in. We're going to execute him too. So Peter... Now, remember, Peter was in the boat. Whether he was the one that said this or not, I don't know. But wake up, Jesus. We're going to die in this storm. He was fearful. But you fast forward to after the book of Acts. This is Acts chapter 12. Here's your home assignment, homework assignment. Read Acts chapter 12, the whole chapter. Just read it over and over two or three times. Herod set out to destroy the church. He's already killing some of the church. And now Peter is in prison. Remember when Jesus was with them in the boat, he was fearful. After he's converted, you remember when Jesus looked at Peter and says, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed, Jesus talking to Peter, I have prayed that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. When Jesus prayed, if you'll just set yourself in agreement with his prayer, you got what he said. We can be the answer to Jesus' prayer today. He prayed to the Father, Father, let them be one as we're one. We're like, oh, we can't do that. Because my preacher told me we couldn't be like that. I better straighten up. Quit talking about your preacher. Jesus prayed that we could be one with the Father the same way that he is one with the Father. Now, here's Peter thrown in prison in the book of Acts, chapter 12, waiting on execution. You'd think he was in there going like this, wringing his hands or banging the bars. Y'all got me in here for nothing. I'm going to fight my way out of here. If you'll read that chapter, it'll amaze you. Now, Peter is asleep. They're going to kill you tomorrow. What you going to do? You going to stay up all night worrying? It says that he was asleep. Now, look, he assigned 16 jailers, guards, to watch over him, put him in shackles, hands and feet, and two prisoners, I mean, one, two jailers were right beside him, and he's asleep. It's in there. Read it. And it says, the angel of the Lord come and smote Peter on the side, woke him up. Wake up. Now, unlike when they went to Jesus and said, don't you care that we perish? 
The angel said, get up and guard yourself. We're leaving here. Jesus was sleeping because he had peace in him because God was in Jesus. Now Peter has peace in the middle of the storm because he knows Jesus is not just with him, but Jesus is now in him. There's a difference. This is where the moonshine comes in. Some of y'all have heard the Jack Daniels story, but I just, I got reminded. We have a young man that started the church here. He, his daddy and me hung out when we were teenagers and it wasn't good. His daddy made moonshine whiskey on Glover River for a living uh, and made a bunch of it. And, and I would go out to his house and we would fish on Glover River and everything was good. And, and we was right there with that whiskey and it didn't bother us at all until we decided to crack the lid on one of them quartz mason jar. And now the whiskey was with us, didn't affect us much even though it was there. But when we started drinking it, now it started affecting us. See, you can have Jesus with you and he's there and you'll still be scared in the boat. Y'all like that word scared, don't you? We ain't scared. As long as he's with you, you can still be fearful. But when you get him in you, now you can sleep between the jailers when they're fixing to kill you and not even worry about it. Because if I wake up tomorrow and they kill me, I'm going to go be with Jesus. He's in me. I'm going to go be with him. He was with me and now he's in me. I was fearful when he was just with me, but I ain't fearful no more because he's in me. And now since he's in me, if they kill me, then I'll go be with him. There's a difference. You, you say, what the moonshine? Well, when, it, when we got it in us, it affected us. And I'm here to tell you, when we get Jesus in us, he will affect us. He will change us. Unlike the whiskey, not as the whiskey, so is the Spirit of God. You remember that scripture? It, I mean, that, that part ain't in the Bible about the whiskey. Not as so is. Read it. It's in there. Not as what the devil did, so is what Jesus did. The impact that what Adam did in the garden impacted us drastically, but not as great as the impact what Jesus did when he hung on the cross and died and shed his blood and was raised again and was ascended to the Father and sent down the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, that might abide with us forever. He said, talking about Jesus, said, I'm with you, but I, he will be in you. I've talked about this several times, and, and I'm, but I'm talking about peace today, so I can't just stay there. But I'm showing you the impact of Jesus being in us versus being with us. When I was first uh, got into the church and accepted Jesus, I always prayed like, Lord, if you can hear me, come over here and do this for me. I always looked at it that God was afar off and I needed him to come and help me. And then when I began to realize that God wasn't so far off, but that he was nigh to me 
even in me, that it changed the, my perspective on what God was saying. He told the boys in the boat, where's your faith? If they would have only stood up and rebuked the storm in his name, he might have, he might have gotten a longer nap. Hello, I'm just saying, don't wake your wife up when you need prayer. Call me. We ain't through yet. You see the stripe she's got. <laughs> Matt, my smart aleck grandson-in-law. That's what Debbie calls him when he... <laughs> it's like, I told her, I said, your stripe's going the wrong way. He said, I said, you crossed my T's here. He said, she also dots your eyes. <laughs> and hey, there was a gentleman here first service and he said, and she also makes you look a lot better too. <laughs> so Matt's catching on. He's getting more like me, hanging around me. Got that smart aleck mouth that, you know, just boom. There, look at all the stripes. I mean, just think. Y'all didn't get the memo over here? <laughs> Are, do y'all like to have fun at church or would you rather be me like, okay, now let's turn. I'm telling you some stories. If you realize what God brought me through, you'd be like, eh, ain't no problem. He's got this. You know, y'all be like, you got faith now. He's preaching. <laughs> that guy's preaching. My buddy's daddy that made the whiskey, he began to lose money. Some of y'all didn't get it. You, you heard drinking up the profit. <laughs> uh, it didn't last too long. He put a stop to that. Uh, but you know what? I know the Spirit of the Lord, even back then before I saved, the Spirit of the Lord's like, don't do this. Don't do this. And then I drank a bunch of it because it was pretty good. And then I started throwing up. My body was even agreeing with God. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do it. See, your body will even agree with God when, it's, when something's trying to kill you. <laughs> your body be like, hey, wake up. I don't want to drown out here in this water. See, you understand what I'm saying? When it gets bad enough, even your body will say, hey, Jesus, I'm going to agree with you. Most of the time, your body's like, oh, no, I want my way. Any of y'all ever want your way? Most every one of you, about 99% of the time. I'm going to do it my way. How's that working out for you? Not too good, huh? We have to turn to him and see that it's his peace that he's desiring to fill us with so that when all chaos breaks loose in the world, we're not all bent out of shape about what they're doing or what this group's doing or that group's doing or what this, what's going on over here, we can still have peace in him in the middle of the troubles that we face from day to day. I'm just telling you, don't allow the troubles to make you cave in to what the devil wants you to do. Like Matt said earlier about the enemy, he's trying to bring division. He's trying to put a wedge even in the body of Christ. He's succeeded in the political realm nod your head and act spiritual. The devil has been successful in some areas and he's moving and desiring 
If I get to it, there's a scripture that says, Satan as a roaring lion roams about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for somebody that he can mess up. Ain't me. And y'all say, it's not going to be me either. <laughs> y'all should have been at the lake yesterday. I married some Texans up there. They come from the city and they come for me to, there's some Texans right there. Yeah, but y'all been here long enough, y'all know. That I said, in the middle of the wedding, I'm like, now, down Texas, y'all call it getting married, right? And they're nodding their head and acting spiritual. I said, down here, we're fixing to hit y'all. We're going to get you hitched. And they had their parents with them. And I could just see their parents going, couldn't y'all find a preacher to do this? <laughs> I tweak everybody that I can during the week too, not just Sunday. <laughs> it's fun. You are to do it. I played the whole thing out, you know, Hicksville country all the way down the road. And just, I could just tell the, they like me, but they're like, this guy ain't no preacher. But they told me in, in advance, they said, you know, we're going to get married on the friendship trail and they're going to be wearing their hiking clothes and shoes. I said, all right. I said, I'll just wear my cowboy boots. And they was all right with that. Better be because I'm going to be wearing them if I married you too. <laughs> I don't even ask people, what do you want me to wear at your wedding? I'll just tell them I'm wearing cowboy boots. What are y'all wearing? Okay. See, you need to get comfortable with yourself knowing that Jesus is in you. You are who you are in him. Be that way. Don't put on a front. I got all this faith till the wind starts blowing. Man, I loved it when I began to read in Acts chapter 12 where Peter was sleeping. I thought, man, this is just what Jesus was doing when all the trouble was going on. And this is just what we need to be doing sometimes when all this trouble's going on. Be able to lay down and go to sleep and not worry about what they're doing. Not wor worry about what's going on. The angel had to wake him up. And then it says that the chains fell off and the angel led him out of the prison. The doors just opened up. Man, when you're going with the angel, they get you in or out wherever you need to go. He goes all the way through the outer courts and he gets up to this house where the church is praying. The church is there praying. It's in there. You'll read it when you get home. They're praying and little girl's out in the yard. Peter's knocking on the gate and the little girl's like, that's Peter's voice. She goes and tells the crowd that's praying, hey, y'all, Peter's outside. You know what they said? It's his ghost. They was praying, but they thought they done killed him. He come to see us in the ghost form now. It's, what, it's in there. It's like, I can't believe he's out of prison, but he was. Sometimes we look around, we can't believe we're out of prison, but we are. We can't believe we got set free, but we are. It's like where we come from, y'all got hope. The greatest hope you have is to look at your preacher and say, God can use that dude. He can use me. Even if you don't want to be used, 
God is good. And he's not a respecter of persons. And they ain't, none of y'all did anything worse than I did. So don't worry about it. How's that? He forgave me. And guess what? He forgave you. I ain't getting nowhere today. I'm going to have to get a few amens while we're going. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. And the only reason he was thrown in there is because he didn't stop praying when they said, you can't pray no more. Well, I, I believe that I'll live to see the day, probably not too far down the road, they, whoever they are, are going to say, you can't pray. It's coming. Get ready. Daniel's like, let me open the windows where y'all can hear me. Three times a day, he prayed. They're like, oh, we got to get this guy. He's praying. They go get him, and they're like, we're throwing you in the lion's den. You should have obeyed us. I'm here to tell you we need to obey him. We need to go with what him says, not what them says. They throw him in the lion's den. Daniel prays. And guess what Daniel does? He goes to sleep. He didn't get ate by the lions. Now, all the philosophers will tell you this. The lions were not hungry is the only reason Daniel didn't get eaten alive. My question is this. When the king came the next morning and said, Daniel, has your God delivered you? Daniel said, I'm here. He led him out. Then the king threw in the family of the guy that caused Daniel to get thrown in the lion's den, and lions ate the daddy and the mama and the babies. It's in the Bible. You can read it. You have to look that up. I don't know where it is. Daniel was asleep. If you stowed in the lion's den, well, let me back up. If I was thrown in the lion's den, I'd probably have skid marks going upside that deal as far as I could trying to get out of there. But Daniel, he was a man that knew God and he didn't have fear in him. He went to sleep and God took care of him. In other words, fear ain't going to get you out of the boat, ain't going to get you out of the lion's den. Fear is not going to help us, but faith in what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf will get us through every storm that we ever face. What if they throw me in the lion's den? Well, the worst thing that can happen is you'll be seeing Jesus face to face the next day. Yeah, but, but I'm telling you, the world has gone crazy and the world hates the church and the world don't care nothing about you. And the, really, the world don't care nothing about everybody else either. God is the only one that loves people. God and his spirit is love. Satan and his spirit is hatred, division, strife, envy, jealousy, and every evil work. It's up to us to get a hold of the truth so that we can be more like Jesus is. Amen? Amen? What I'm trying to say is that we can be full of peace while surrounded by trouble. Now, Saul 
in the Old Testament, Saul was disobedient to God, and Saul did not do what Samuel the prophet told him to do, and God told Samuel, tell Saul that your kingdom is taken from you and given to one greater than you, which became David. David was the one that took Saul's place. He was fearful, and he was fearful of what the enemy was going to do. He was fearful of the people that he was over. They began to murmur and complain. He caved in to them and began to do what they were telling him to do, not what the prophet of God had told him to do. Okay? So we have to be careful not to be obedient to everything that everybody else says, but to remember what God told us to do what the Spirit of the Lord tells us to do. Jonathan was Saul's son, who would be the next king in the natural. He was set up to be king. But David came in on the scene, and Jonathan and David made covenant, one with another. Jonathan gave David his armor. David gave him everything that he had. It's two becoming one. Saul knew that now David is set up to be king. But he was still fearful, and he had turmoil in his heart. It's a heart issue. It's a heart condition that even in the scheme of things, that if Saul would have humbled himself to David, David was appointed king, and Saul would not have had to die But Saul refused to humble himself, and it wound up costing him and his boys their life. But I ain't through this story. Saul, Jonathan, Jonathan's son was named Mephibosheth, a little boy that was lame on his feet, that when they got word that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle, the woman that was taking care of the little boy began to run and fell with him, and he became crippled in both of his legs. Y'all read the story. Later on in the story, David says to Ziba, Ziba, is there one that I can show the kindness of God to of Saul's household? And Ziba said, there's one, Jonathan's son, and he's in Lodibar. He said, you go get him and bring him to me. Ziba went down. He gets Mephibosheth. He comes back, puts him before the king. Mephibosheth is fearful for his life. He thinks that David's going to kill him because that's what he's been told his whole life. King David is going to wipe out all of Saul's family. It wasn't in David's heart to wipe out nobody. Mephibosheth bows down, and David says, You're going to eat at the king's table continuously from now on. Mephibosheth says, what have I to do such a dog as myself? That's what he says. David's like, you're not a dog. You're one of me. Because of covenant, now listen, because of the covenant that Jonathan made with David, Mephibosheth gets to walk right in, set it to table of the king and eat the king's food forever 
Now, because of what Jesus Christ did on our behalf, we get to sit at the king's table and eat continuously, not because we were so good, not because we walked this walk ourselves. We was crippled. We got there because faith, because David said, I have a covenant with your daddy, and I'm going to uphold my covenant. I'm telling you, Jesus has got a covenant with his daddy, and he's going to uphold that covenant. We just happened to get in on it. Man, I could, I could preach now, but I'm going to just be as calm as I can. When you get really excited, you run the cows off. I've learned that a long time. You just got to be quiet. Whew. Hmm. We was talking about sleeping, wouldn't we? Let me let y'all in on a secret. When God made covenant with Abraham, and it says that God told Abraham, you go get these animals and you sacrifice them, and we're going to make covenant. So he gets the animals and sacrifices them out, and it says the fowl of the air came to t take away the sacrifices, and it says that Abraham had to drive off the, 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 the animals from trying to get the meat, okay? Anytime you come to bring a sacrifice, the devil's going to try to come and get it. You have to stand up against the devil for that sacrifice of praise. The devil will say, why are you praising? You don't feel like praising today. I'm telling you, it's a sacrifice sometimes to praise. And man, when you don't feel like it, that's when you need to be doing it. When I don't feel like it, I got to do it anyway. But listen to this. Since we're talking about sleeping in the boat and sleeping in the jail and everybody's sleeping here and there, ain't nobody sleeping in here. Listen, it says that a great darkness came upon Abraham and he fell into a deep sleep. Now, this is in the middle of making a covenant with Abraham. He fell into a deep sleep, and it says a smoking furnace and a burning lamp came and passed between the pieces in a figure eight. The figure eight is a, is a figure of infinity. It's never ending. It's like some of you guys race cars, eight track. I'm not talking about the music y'all used to listen to, you old people. Okay, <laughs> let me... Let me. Listen, this is serious, but I like, to, I like to bring some humor in this because all this time God is making covenant in the smoking furnace and the burning lamp that came. It says that God could swear by none greater than himself. Hebrews talks about this. So he, sw he swore by himself. He could swear by nobody, so he swore by himself. Jesus Christ. The smoking furnace represented God the Father and the burning lamp represented Jesus Christ, the son. So while Abraham was in a deep sleep, Jesus stood in on behalf of Abraham and cut covenant with the father God. And when Abraham woke up, he got in on the covenant by faith. And we're in this same covenant because we have faith in what Jesus Christ did on our behalf. He stepped in and became the sacrifice for the covenant. Man, there's so much. I know I'm preaching all over the Bible. Like that comedian up there in Missouri said, he said, open up your Bibles anywhere. I'll be by there directly. 
<laughs> Just get it open somewhere. Look, I'm I've covered some stuff here. A lot of times, the best thing you can do is just go to sleep. Quit worrying. Don't have fear. Have faith in what God said he's doing and believe what God says. Abraham entered the covenant by faith. He didn't have anything to do with participating. He just drove the foul of the air off from taking the sacrifice. That's good stuff. Mephibosheth, he got in on it just because he's kinfolk. Who you kin to? He's our father. We kin to him. We get in on this covenant because we believe it and we receive it by faith. We walk this thing out not by fear, but by faith. When the storm comes up, now Jesus is in us. Now we get up and speak to the storm. It, I know some of you people, y'all wild, crazy people, when they call and say, tornadoes touch the ground in my deal. Well, that's when we was in Kingston. Let me get over here. Tornado touch ground, right city, heading toward the broken bow. You get out and face the right city and start rebuking that storm in the name of Jesus. Everybody around you thinks, that guy's so crazy, or that girl, usually it's a woman doing it. The guy's asleep. <laughs> guy's like, I'm sleeping, I'm going to sleep. I'm telling you the truth. You just, yeah, do them like that. Say, yeah, see, I know a lot more than y'all think I do. Don't let these boots fool you. I'm more country than you think. <laughs> but you rebuke the storm. Why do you rebuke stuff that's coming to hurt you or harm you? Because it's the nature of God in you. It's Jesus Christ that's in you that stood against the storm and looked it in the face and said, peace be still. Now you have that same Jesus in you that don't want nothing to harm you. Instead of agreeing with what's trying to harm you, why not agree with what's trying to save you? Amen. Let's get in agreement with what the Word of God says. Let's rebuke the things around us. And I'm not talking about rebuking people. I'm talking about rebuking the things that are trying to harm and hurt us. Let's walk in love towards whoever's doing what in the world. There's people doing stuff. We're like, they're crazy. Not necessarily. They may be standing up for what they believe in their heart they need to do. And then some demon-possessed person comes and hijacks what they're doing and starts knocking out windows and dragging people out in the street. Now, see, they're not all bad. It's a few. Now, I said all this. I'm going to lay down my notes because I didn't go to them anyway. <laughs> Police officers. Most of them dudes is awesome. They're good. There's been a few that hijack what really good police officers stand for, to serve, to protect, to keep us safe. And you better thank God for them. Amen. Amen. We're thankful for them. But when somebody plays a fool and does something stupid and kills somebody that they shouldn't have done what they did, then we start looking like all oh, the police are bad. No, they're not all bad. Amen. 
So let's not be quick to jump in on this bandwagon or that bandwagon. Don't let the enemy hijack your mind. You stand for what's right and you share your heart to other people what is right. You share with them, you love them, and be patient, be kind. Do all that stuff the Bible tells you to. Amen? That hard stuff. You know, the hard stuff like forgiving. Come on, I've got somebody right here I'll preach to you. See, that hard stuff is the forgiving. The hard stuff is going ahead and loving them because we don't like them. Boy, it got quiet in this full gospel Presbyterian Church of Christ. (laughs) The easy part's running the storm off and laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. The hard part is loving, walking in love, especially them people. Don't look around. It's not that. It's it's this bunch over here, not that. We all have our problems. They all have theirs. Jesus is trying to bring unity in the body of Christ. I got 45 seconds. I wanted to get to and didn't get there, but maybe next week, talking about endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If we're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, it means we already have it, and we need to work hard to keep it. Amen? So we're, hopefully we're going to talk about that if the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise next week. How many of y'all going to come back and see if we can figure out how to get the lid back on that moonshine? <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm going to give people opportunity to let Jesus be your boss today. I want you to bow your heads right where you're at. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I thank you and I praise you that you've been with us. And Father, we desire that you be in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory, your word says. That's the mystery that's been hid from the foundations of the world. Father, if there's anyone here today that says, you know what, Pastor Jimmy, I don't know this Jesus you're talking about. I've never let him be my Lord. I want him to be my Lord today. Give them boldness to make that choice. If there's anybody here, if that's you, and you say, hey, Pastor Jimmy, I want Jesus to be my Lord. Would you raise your hand up high and let me see it? There's one, okay? There's two all around the house. Anybody else? Okay. There's two, three that raise their hands. I want everybody to just keep your head bowed, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. The Bible talks about that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we'll be saved. I'm here to tell you that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and was raised the third day. And we believe that and confess it with our mouth, we'll be saved. I want everyone to pray this prayer. Father God, I come to you and I believe that Jesus is your son. And I receive him as my Lord and Savior right now. I ask you, forgive me of all my sin. Help me to live for you from this day forth forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand. Praise the Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray one more time before we leave for the people that couldn't be here because of sickness and for those that have lost loved ones just recently. Let's, let's pray for them. Father, thank you for this congregation, for our health and healing. And I pray, Father, that that be extended, that health and healing be extended to the people that couldn't be here today. Father, I pray for those that have lost loved ones, for the family from California that lost the little lady in the lake, Father, and those that lost their children in, in uh, accidents. Lord, I pray and I lift them up and I pray that your spirit would touch their hearts, increase the grace that you've given them already, Father, that they're able to walk through this and come on out victorious. Thank you, Father, that you never leave them, you never forsake them, and it's you that gives them the power to even get up the next day. And we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.